welcome to Nerdy for 30, the podcast where we talk about nerdy-ish movies for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer, a.k.a. The Critic's Choice. With me, as always, <laughs> is the People's Champ, Tim Keck. And today, we're talking about Fast X. The Fast and the Furious franchise is back with another installment. Tim, what did you think of this movie? I love this franchise. I love this movie. I think it's right on. This is like the ideal Rotten Tomatoes score where the critics say 54 and the audience is like an 86. Like that's that's what this is. It is dumb. It doesn't make sense (laughs) most of the time. And it's just fun. It's just good. You know, it's just a, a it's a net positive in the world. They did something that is it's I guess. What is it? It's not lawful. Good. It's not chaotic good it's like it's like neutral good this is just a positive in the world there's no like the the world it sucks life sucks out there you know if you're listening to your car right now look out the window look at how the country is rotting to the core it's a desolate wasteland there's nothing to be optimistic about in the future except the next fast and furious movie in the words of dom toretto nobody listens anymore and i think we should take a cue from fast (laughs) x sit back relax enjoy the ride Kevin, I had a great time. What did you think about it? Wow, I liked the movie, but now you have me questioning my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bright light in a bleak and hopeless world. You described the Earth as looking like a Ridley Scott movie. Like that's one of the things that stuck out to me when I finally watched Thelma and Louise is that Ridley Scott. He applies that like alien look to just the American West and you see a shot of an oil field and you're like, Oh my God, we're ruining the planet. Uh, That's exactly what I pictured. It just, this is just such neutral fun. I feel like I, I just, just think this is just, it's just good. It's just nice. It's great. Is this, is this an Oscar winning movie? No. Should it be in consideration? I hope not. This is just a good time. And if you come looking for a good time, you're going to find it. If you're looking for nits to pick, they're there. But man, oh, man, it is just it's just fun. It's nice to be back with the gang. They're doing the same thing they always do. And it's comforting, Kevin. There's a a certain comfort in them running back the same shtick over and over again. And I like it. It's sweet. It's like a warm blanket on a cold day. It just wraps you up and I feel safe and protected. That's what the Fast and Furious is to me. I feel like I'm not always with you on these net positive movies, but I'm 100% with you on this franchise. Every complaint that I've seen on the internet about Fast X, they don't get it. You don't don't get what's happening. If you're expecting more from this franchise, you're doing it wrong. This is just a fun time. These movies, I think I was thinking about this a lot. I think one of the mistakes that franchises like this make, and maybe one of the pitfalls that Fast X succumbed to and the franchise in the latter years has succumbed to in general is the idea that everything needs to be bigger and better or like this expansion where it's like we need to do the same thing but even bigger than it was before the most notorious thing is in Fast 9 a car goes to space I think it's okay for these movies to be bigger or better I don't think these (laughs) movies need to be making as many I guess like tectonic shifts in terms of the threats that these people need to face. I think it's okay to keep things at about the same level for a while and then maybe do an occasional kick up. Because if you think about like the James Bond franchise, I mean, James Bond has been 
like loosely saving the world since the 1960s. And it's fine. The amount of stuff that he's doing in that period of time isn't that massively different. Uh, you know, some of the early stuff is a little bit more grounded. Some of the stuff with like Pierce Brosnan, there's laser satellites, all that. But it all kind of fits in the same world. And I think it would be okay if the Fast franchise played in the spy world a little bit more before feeling the pressure to take things to space. But I'm okay that they went to space. I'm not mad. I think we can ratchet it right back down in the same way because of the way they have this world structured. All it would take, I, dude, I was, okay. Can we also talk about this? I marathoned all of these movies this past week. <laughs> Crazy. I had only seen one, two, and three. And then this past week, I realized, oh shit, I don't have as much time to get caught up on this before Fast X as I thought. <laughs> so in like the past six days, I watched Fasts four through nine, including Hobbs and Shaw. So I'm in it. I'm in the cut right now. <laughs> You're in the passenger seat along for the ride. Pedal to the metal. Absolutely. I, I love that they went to space because they had to. They had to go to space so they could come back to Earth and settle down again. They needed it. They needed it. There's something about the Fast and Furious movies, too, where I it, I think they're very self-aware. I think they know what's going on. I think all the cheesiness and all the critiques, they hear them. And they also know that those are the reasons why people love it. So yeah. they keep watching to it there. You know. What is it? Fast six has the plane scene on the runway that got lambasted yeah, online constantly. Runway. And it's one of the most fun things that's ever been in a movie. I mean, it's so great and so wonderful. And the people who are making fun of it are the people who, you know, you know, shit on Guy Fieri for no reason. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you, man. you can't enjoy things, you know. Oh, what you got? You think Santa's real? Like, no, Santa's. Santa's just your parents, you know, it's like, why you got to be that way? Why you got to do that? Just just have fun. Just chill, relax, have a good time with us. They needed to go to space. They could come back down again. I I will say there's something about all these stunts that it feels like they want to shock us. And I'm never shocked by any of the stunts. I don't feel like my heart is beating any faster during any of these things. There's moments. There were a couple moments where like they blow up John Cena's car where I'm like, why did they do that? <laughs> like confused, but nothing shocks me. And I think part of that is that I've we've seen every single stunt in the trailer already. But also for me, it's not about the stunts. It's about like the team and the characters and there's been so many movies with them. They feel like a little family. They all have great chemistry together, I think, some more than others. And it's fun to just spend time with these people. I put it almost in like Guardians of the Galaxy territory where I feel like I could kind of watch them do anything. Maybe not anything, anything the same way with Guardians. I feel like Guardians is definitely a tighter ship. But this mm -hmm. crew is just fun to hang out with. I'm excited to see the gang get together. But there's so many moments where they're like, oh, I have to. I have to knock on a door and it's like Jason Statham, like Han Han has to reckon with his past. And we all knew it was happening because he's been promoting the movie. It was in the trailer. We all know it's coming, you know, and then just like even when they bring out Giselle and the rock at the end, like no surprise, just like yeah. confusion. But there's no like, whoa, it's not like Avengers or something where my mind's blown every time. It just somehow all of the chaos, all the explosions, all the action has just reached a simmering level of comfort and happiness that it just kind of keeps going like that. I don't know. 
What do you think? I'm right there with you. I think the same thing. I think that they feel this pressure to do something to impress us like we're going away and we're not going anywhere. I will be with this franchise as long as these movies exist now. I'm all the way in. You know what my favorite part was in this movie is when they did a street race. Yeah. It's great. It's great. They're going back to that. Yeah. Because it felt like they really got away from it. They're they're full on agents now, which Mm -hmm. I guess I, I don't know if I missed that memo where they're just like working for this agency now. I guess they've kind of I thought they were kind of like taking on like one off missions but now they're full-on working for an agency they are full-on spies and they've fully done like a mission impossible where they've been i would oh man what's the term for it we're like a an agent is like marked excommunicado like in john wick like they're banned yeah. from the agency they got <laughs> and, burned or whatever yeah they're all they're burned yeah they're, it's like a burn notice they've all yeah. they've, they've all got a burn notice and now they're trying to get back in with the super secret spy agency it's crazy. It's so dumb. And it's the best thing ever. And Brie Larson saying like <laughs> to to like the head of this agency's face, we need to trust Dom and his family right now. It's so great. They talk yeah. about family constantly. There's always a speech about family. They're making these like che- this is the cheesiest franchise of all. Th- they're making the cheesiest monologues to each other about shadows and light while like blowing up a car. <laughs> and- it's crazy. And Dom's always saying like the most inspirational yet simultaneously lame things. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. The the cheese in this is is extreme. But hey, who doesn't love cheese? I love cheese. Yeah. I love Tim. cheese, Tim. Do were you how did this hold up in comparison to the other friend, the other the other movies? Do you have any general takeaways from the series and how does it stack up with this one? Yeah, I, this is on the weaker side for me. I did still enjoy it. I do want to say that I, I still love this. I had an absolute blast watching in the movie theater. I truly adore this franchise. So it's one of those things where it can only be so bad in my eyes because I will love it unconditionally. Probably my least favorite of the movies was number four. And that's because I had to try to watch number four multiple times. I kept, I would realize I would get to the same thing. It's like the mountain race in the very end. Like when they come back to the mountain, I would realize 30 minutes later that I had stopped watching the movie and started looking at my phone. I'm like, fuck dude, I gotta go back. And that kept repeating. Like I just, it cannot hold my attention. So that's the only reason four is docs and points. This one mostly I think suffers from Really, really bad CGI in the spy scenes. When they show the spy headquarters, it was breathtakingly bad. The plane flying over the Hoover Dam was shockingly terrible CGI. It was yeah. baffling. It looked like a, like a PowerPoint presentation, which is not something I've really noticed or said about the other ones. I don't know. It's not. This is the first one I've seen where I was like, oh, you know. Yeah, (laughs) the planes like that. I don't know. It's crazy because the early movies in the franchise, they tried really hard not to use any CGI. Right. So they were very, very sparing with it. And it looks phenomenal. This, I'm assuming, has to be either pandemic related or VFX shortage related. There's got to be something. I'm holding out hope that somehow we'll have AI good enough in a couple of years that we can just 
seamlessly punch this up and make it look like a practical <laughs> effect. Although you saying that it looks like a PowerPoint wipe makes me really wish there was like a plane wipe in PowerPoint now. <laughs> there should totally be a plane wipe. The fact that there isn't is, is a crime, but it felt like that where it's just kind of a, a slow, blurry object moving across the screen. It was. It just kind of progressed across the, the screen like you were moving to the next slide in front of your boss. And then the plane blew up. Everyone's dead, apparently, at the end of this. I we talked about this after seeing the movie mm-hmm. that the the whole franchise now is every 15 minutes. There's an action scene every 20 minutes. Something crazy happens. And so it's constantly a pattern of insurmountable goals with like crazy, unjustifiable solutions and like a huge conflict comes in. There's no way they're going to get out of this. Then a crazy thing happens and that's how they get out of it. And it's just like that pattern over and over again. And the ending of this felt a little arbitrary in the way that, wow, once again, the odds are stacked against them. Once again, they're going to get out of it. (laughs) But then they leave us on this cliffhanger like, wow, maybe this is the one they can't get out of. Are you kidding me? They're going to a flood, a dam exploding. Nothing like that is going to take out Dom Toretto, a plane exploding. No, not a chance. Uh, A bazooka car blowing up with John Cena inside. He's fine. Like none of these people are affected by this at all. And and to to act like the fact that this is like all set up for another movie is crazy. It's weird. It's very awkward, I think, at the end. And I'm still fine with it because I just. It is. It's whatever, man. I'll watch the next one and it'll be great. And I'm just can't complain. It's all good. It's all fun. Yeah, I'm right there. It's an incredibly awkward ending, this movie, but the melodrama of it does still put it like on tone for the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's playing everything so self-seriously that it feels crazy in a way that we're 10 or 11 movies in, depending on how you look at it. And this is the first high stakes cliffhanger we've gotten because everything else feels like a soap opera. Yeah. Playing with that kind of an attitude really, really, really works for me. I want to move on. If you're cool with moving on to beefs, I do want to bring up Jason Momoa because he did not work for me as a villain. Huh? I did not care for him as a villain. And I think the thing is that he, the franchise is self-aware of what it is, but the characters that they are playing are not self-aware. So the actors are playing them when an actor really succeeds in the fast franchise is when they're playing it dead serious. I think Helen Mirren being able to shine in this world is one of the best fast actors. It's incredible. She knows exactly how to come off the bench and play in this world. Whereas Jason Momoa, I think, came at it with the attitude that a lot of people do when they get booked to do a kid's movie. They're like, oh, this is a kid's movie. I'm going to be a goofy kid's villain instead of giving his all. I don't know. I think it was a choice. I think it's kind of a fun choice. I think that comedy and evil are like a hair away from each other. And I think it'd be amazing to see something like Jim Carrey, you know, slitting throats in a house. You know, I'd love to see Jack Black dressed as Bowser singing peach songs hunting hunting kids in like a mansion or something like that. I think there is something so evil about somebody who's so 
funny and absurd and goofy. Unfortunately, I don't think Jason Momoa is far enough along either of those X, Y axes. I think Mm -hmm. he's not funny. He's just a fun hang. And so the equal and opposite reaction to that is how evil he is. And he's not that evil somehow. He's doing all this stuff. He's like, I'm going to destroy you and everything that you've built. And it's going to be torture for you. And the first thing is to just blow up a bomb in the middle of a city that they've never really been to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, so now the agency hates you. And it's like, OK, I guess that's bad. Just nothing about this. Maybe I'm just numb to it. I think it's all very fun and positive, but they're they're raising the stakes. And yet the stakes aren't raising for me in any way. So I'm fine with Jason Momoa doing this. I think it's a little refreshing. I think it's different. I think at the very least, it's different from the villains they've had before. And at this point, they need some of that energy to come in and do something unique. I kind of liked him. I would have I would have liked him more if there was more evil. If we saw him and Dom beat the shit out of each other, that would have been cool. If we'd seen him do something horrible, like really kill somebody like up close and personal, there are ways that we could that this could have been better. And, you know, they didn't want to do any of those. It's it's fine. I, I guess whatever. Yeah, he looked a lot of people. I didn't like that. That was real uncomfortable. He licked the blood off that knife. That was yeah, gross. The licking stuff. I kind of like it. it's like Joker esque, but it's like a watered down. It's a Joker that you would bring home to meet your parents. <laughs> it's like yeah there's yeah jason he's, he's kind of he's kind of weird he likes to yeah, look my face but it kind of turns me on a little bit and uh you know it is what it is there's no people are like oh jason he's a weird guy but once you get to know him he's like a fun i don't know he just seems seems like good vibes you know who i loved in this that i thought was awesome alan richardson is it oh wait really he's awesome this is an awesome dude doing awesome stuff. I don't even know what he's been in. He was in Smallville way back in the day. He's in that like DC Teen Titans show. That's pretty awful. He's, he's doing Reacher, like Jack dude. Reacher or whatever for them. Yeah. And I really haven't watched too much of it. I thought he was great in this. I thought he fit into the world seamlessly. I thought he was just the perfect government grunt who is physically imposing enough to be a real legitimate threat. To all this stuff. Him and Jason Momoa don't make a ton of sense together. If they were going to be brothers, I was going to be like, that's weird. But then they're business partners and somehow that's even weirder. <laughs> it doesn't really gel. They're two, them working together doesn't really make sense to me. But I think it's setting up like two pretty cool villains that have different things going for him. And maybe some, I don't know, maybe he'd be a good, maybe Alan Richardson could be a good foil for like The Rock and Jason Statham or something. Like just kind of meet them on that level while Vin Diesel has to beat Jace Momoa for some reason. I don't know. There's I liked him. I thought he was great. You're making faces. I can't tell what how you're feeling. Well, I so desperately in the montage at the end where they showed flashbacks of him and Jason Momoa working together circa fast five. I so desperately wanted them to just look directly into the camera and say, we're best friends <laughs> there's just there is some kind of a weird energy there i didn't like him at first i think the reason i didn't like him at first is because he was framed up at first as mr nobody's successor i don't like him as the head of a spy agency maybe that's me being prejudiced against prejudiced against massive muscles um you know i i don't think of my nick fury types as being 
the Hulk. But as soon as he got into the field, I was like, this guy's a great fit. Him in that final fight scene, when it looked like he really had turned and started supporting Ven, that was a thrill. That was very fun. I feel like pretty as soon as he was in the plane by himself, I was like, oh, this guy's a bad guy for sure. <laughs> the second the second him and Vin were like working together and Vin drops the car out. I'm like, oh, there, this guy's definitely a bad guy. And then it happened. And I was like, <laughs> yes, of course. There's no surprises in this. They can't do any single thing that would surprise me. And I think it's fine. You know, what was surprising. Not surprising at all. Honestly, was Brie Larson's deadpan delivery for everything. I. I don't understand Brie Larson. I don't get it. I feel like the hate on Brie Larson is overhyped. And I think she's pr- cool and probably a fine person. And it doesn't seem like there's any actual beef or any real actual reason to not like her. But there is something about her that is. Um, I don't know if I always have fun when Brie Larson's there. <laughs> and, and she shows up in a very nonsensical way. And going from Kurt Russell to Brie Larson is a massive downgrade, I think. And I'm a little bummed. I'm a little confused why. Fast and Furious, I think, does a great job of showing badass women doing badass shit. And Brie Larson felt out of place to me in that. I don't know. Just just not my favorite. uh, Not my favorite addition to the franchise. What do you think of Brie? I liked her. I thought she was good. Did you like her in the bar scene? Yeah, it was okay. It was all right. Um, that was a weird scene, too, that I also didn't feel like made any sense. Vin Diesel's there. She goes mm-hmm. up to the bar, asks them for something. People go to attack her. But were they there for Vin or were they there, there for her? They didn't notice Vin Diesel sitting in the back of the bar the whole time. The bartender threw her a gun. So does she have a pre-existing relationship with the bartender? Is the bartender with Vin Diesel and he's helping her out? How did she willingly take a gun from that guy that she's never met before? I mean, again, reading into any of this stuff, you're going to get a headache. Um, I thought she was fine. I don't know. But then at the very end, she shows up. She has God's eye on her person. She's like, it's safer with me, which is real, real hubris on her part. And then she immediately gets shot and like falls down and just gives it to him. And she's there for like no reason. She has no other support. They're on a bridge in the middle of nowhere. And she just comes running up in like a blue pantsuit. <laughs> it's like, what? It, why? Where are you here? How did you get here? What's happened? I had so many questions about her. And then she chokes and like gives over the God's eye. Now they're all screwed and everything's going to shit. I do like that element in a way where nothing is going their way. And I think that's something that makes it fun and makes the franchise fun and makes these action movies go fun, uh, feel more fun all the time is the twist, right? Of we're, we, we planned this thing and it's not going according to plan and having everybody meet up at this one location and the cat's out of the bag because of God's eye. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other beefs before we get into some thieves? Cause I got some thieves. Just the scene with the sniper rifle you just mentioned on the bridge. The sniper goes through and he's taking people out, but he's shooting such safe areas to shoot. He shoots Brie Larson in the shoulder. He shoots. I mean, we'd end up finding what's the name right. Alan Richardson. We end up finding out that he's on the same side. So this one's explained. But I was like, you shot him in the bulletproof vest. You were a hidden sniper. He didn't know you were there and you shot him in the bulletproof vest. and. Also, I mean, the the bullets they were using, Vin held up a cord, car door. Those would have gone straight through it. 
And I'm fine <laughs> with that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff excites me in these movies, but I need to be given a completely dog shit reason for it. I do not need the reason to be good, but I need someone to say a throwaway line of like, you know, someone gets shot in the temple and then they get right back up and it's like, thank God for these Kevlar earbuds, something like that. Like I need someone <laughs> to give me an absolutely garbage take on why they survived. I thought that, that was a missed opportunity. I think that's kind of a charm of the Fast and Furious franchise is these guys are now superheroes and they've never really done anything to acknowledge it. It's just they've all gotten good at things. Vin Diesel can lift a car with one arm and yes. it's fine. It's just it's just no. There's never been any explanation. He's never hit gamma radiation. As far as I know, he's ever drinking any weird potions or be hit or been hit by lightning when his like corpse body was reanimated by a crazy scientist. There's no explanation. He just is this guy. Ludacris just knows everything about technology. And Ramsey, I guess, is also there. She also knows everything about technology. And uh, Han is going to eat something. And that's like their superpowers and they're great at it. Maybe it's the NOS. Do you remember that thing when Top Gun Maverick, people were doing the press rounds for Top Gun Maverick and Miles Teller said something along the lines of all of them had jet fuel in their blood because of something that had happened. He was feeling really sick. He got checked out and it turned out that like some sort of like vapor. He was up there too long and there was jet fuel in his blood. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't what take it seriously because it was Miles Teller saying people. it. I mean, sure. Kind of zoned out. It's it's a sick note for a day of school. It's just Miles Teller making stuff up. But what if a similar situation was happening to the entire Fast franchise cast with Nos? Dom Toretto, he's been racing with Nos since he was like 16 years old. That's a lot of exposure. They've got Nas in their blood, so that's why they're superhuman. That'd be yeah. great. I mean, Fast 20 is going to be them like in a lab being dissected by like a Professor Xavier type. Like they're pulled into mm -hmm. the MCU and they're just like full on mutants because of their exposure to Nas and uh, radiation of some kind. I don't know. It's a better version of the Inhumans. Who were you the most excited to see again? Because now you've seen the whole franchise. What character popping up were you like, all right, more of him or her? Well, Han's my guy. Han's the guy. That's the answer is Han. Han kicks so much ass. I'm not sure oh. why, but I fucking love Han. I think everybody loves Han. He's he's awesome. Mm. He's so great. He didn't even do anything in this movie. He ate uh, an LSD muffin and then that was it. He's just hanging out. Yeah. He just gently tripped for the rest of the movie. He really doesn't always do a ton in the big group scenes. He's usually just sitting off the side eating on his own. It's yeah. great. He's completely stealing the Brad Pitt bit, but it works. Yeah, he eats something. He sits around and then he'll fight a little bit like the mm -hmm. fighting. That scene with him in Statham was like one of the best parts of the movie, I thought, honestly. Uh, and him kind of holding his own with Statham was pretty cool. And then he drive. And apparently he's a really good driver, too. He's like one of the better drivers in the franchise, I think. So, uh, man, we got to do you? a power ranking of the best drivers. That'll be oh, the best drivers or the best characters, best drivers like who in canon is the best driver. Well, Michelle Don. Rodriguez, she's a motorcycle person. She's made the transition. She's always on a motorcycle. I think it's so funny that she's like, I'm on it. She gets on a motorcycle. The most useless mode of transportation there is. It's like very cool and doing all this stuff. But she's like, they're like a giant metal ball is on fire. It's like, cool. Well, I'm going to get my motorcycle and 
ride around it, I guess. <laughs> ride near it. I guess I'll be I'll be around there. I'll be in the She's thick got the of mobility, it. man. She's getting in there. She's going down the side streets. They can't fit down. This is Europe. They've gone yeah. international. These aren't American streets. You need somebody on a motorcycle. I mean, the motorcycle scenes where she like flips over that wire, that like thing that fell. So cool. So awesome. Ultimately useless. I think it's just for her to have something to do to say, like, Dom, we're doing it together. And then at the end, she shows up on the motorcycle and she's like, Dom, you son of a bitch. You did it again. And it's great. And I'm here for it every time. Uh, I will say Charlize Theron. I like her a lot. She's amazing. I don't know if I love Jason Momoa coming in, kicking her ass. And now being like, but I'm the real bad guy. It felt like they've been building her up for a while. There's been like the last two movies have been kind of her as the main bad, right? In a way, yeah. she's been in the background and then all of a sudden they're on the same team and she's really not that bad or whatever. And I get that at some point she's probably going to get pulled into the fold because that's what they always do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just, uh, you know, a shark and been eaten by a bigger shark to be a bigger threat. I don't know if I love that as much. That would be a note of mine. You hate this move, though. You hated that move in Infinity War. You hated that move in Loki. You despise that move in Loki. Yeah. They do the Infinity the Stones. Infinity Stones in the drawer bit. I hate it. I it's think so you're undeserved. just out on that move. I think it's a terrible move. I feel like there's definitely a way to do it. Uh, it's weak. I, mean, I remember in Transformers 2, one of the Shia LaBeouf ones there was one where Optimus Prime is like a like a like a a shivering like robot in a desert and he's wearing that cape and like eating eating rats or whatever, you know, and then there's a bigger bad who comes and just like kicks his ass and he's like, oh, I can't make it. But it's like you just built up this guy as a badass and now he's like shivering in front of this bigger badass. And I don't know something about it. It is like a weird power scaling thing. And I don't know. It seems like kind of a cop out for creating a bad guy, in my opinion. You just want and, people to earn it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. John I think Cena. I think it's unnecessary to do that move. I think attacking the Vatican, it's good enough. Doing launching some kind of an attack on Dom or his kid, anything like that. It's enough. My my biggest beef is the kid grab from the top of the car. So dumb. Where the kid just crawls on top of John Cena's car and then Jason Momoa drives up and grabs him with one. So stupid. Knew it was going to happen instantly. Always dumb. My biggest thief, as always, whenever he's around, is John Cena. I love him. He's great. I'm perfectly fine with this transition of his character because the kid has gotten so much bigger that Mm -hmm. it makes sense that now there's been like five years and he's been coming around and he has a relationship with the kid and they're friends and they just have a different thing going on. I like that he's John Cena is amazing. John Cena with a kid could sell a lot of stuff. Because he's just so goofy and fun and he is like a dorky uncle. There is something (laughs) kind of dorky about him and he kicks ass. He's better at what The Rock does than The Rock. I've said it. The Rock showing up at the end. Who cares? The whole time they're doing that fight scene with John Cena where he's throwing people through walls and stuff. At first, I thought it was Vin Diesel. Then it was John Cena. Very excited. But I was also thinking we don't need The Rock anymore. The Rock's purpose in this group is gone. We have John Cena. We don't need The Rock anymore. John Cena hit his finisher in this one, which was pretty cool. The Rock's done in another movie. So I don't know. Maybe they team up. That'd be pretty electrifying. 
to see them squaring off like it's WrestleMania 30 again or whatever it was. That'd be I fun, bet. but I don't know. Also, nice to see uh, Paul Walker's daughter in this, Meadow. She was like the flight attendant on the plane. She helped John Cena get alcohol and stuff. So I don't know, maybe keeping the door open for her to come in. I don't know if she's a good actor or not, but that didn't stop Paul Walker. So I think <laughs> it'll be fine. If she's if she's a terrible actor, it'll she'll slot right into the Paul Walker spot. And it'd be great. I think it'd be very cool to have her, you know, as a part of the franchise at some point. That'd be neat. Man, that would be cool. I, I know we've talked about this, but there's no way people have talked about, oh, what if they use AI? What if they deep fake Paul Walker back into it? AI is not strong enough yet to be able to accurately depict the bizarre line delivery choices that Paul Walker made. It's going to be 20 years before AI is able to replicate that sort of a thing. Go back, watch any of the early movies. He's going to say something in a truly fucked way. <laughs> I do have to do a rewatch. I started watching eight before this because I didn't I just didn't want to have to watch the, I didn't want to cry. So I mm. skipped fast seven because that's what happens when I watch it. Kevin, I have a very important question for you. Hit me. Looking back on the year, do you think Fast X is better or worse than Bahubali 2? I think it's worse than Bahubali 2. Better or worse than Dungeons and Dragons? I think it's worse than Dungeons and Dragons. What? I had a blast at Dungeons and Dragons. <sighs> better or worse than everything, everywhere, all at once? I mean, it's, it's worse than that. Better or worse than Mario? I, it's better than Mario. Okay. I don't feel happy about it, but it's right there at number seven under everything, everywhere, all at once. And we're going to go through our list again during our review preview episode. We're all complain about the rankings that you picked for Fast X. It's not right, Kevin. It's not right. Final thoughts. We'll talk anything about else? this tomorrow. <laughs> I did have one final thought. Yes. Do you think the franchise is better if John Cena's character is played by Dave Batista? No. You're 100% on that. Because on the Knock at the Cabin episode, you tried to tell me Dave Batista is the premier wrestling actor. I definitely didn't say he's better than John Cena. I would never say you that. Absolutely did. I definitely didn't. There's no way I said that. You 100% did. If it's not on pod, you said that to me in private <laughs> off pod because I was appalled at that take. I would never say that. I would never say that. He's definitely better than The Rock. 100% he's better than The Rock. He's not better than John Cena. If I said it then, then I'm saying it now. That is not true. Wow. You were gassed I, up after Knock at the Cabin. You were blind on Batista. <laughs> I think Batista's great. I think he's really good. I guess there's a chance that maybe he's a better actor, like in these quiet moments. But man, John Cena, John Cena does kind of have the one pitch and Batista's really trying to get a little whisper. They're both the same. They're both they're both doing the same shit all the time. John Cena is just more fun. He's more electrifying than Batista. I enjoy spending time with John Cena more. I'm a big John Cena fan. Gosh, if I ever say that again, slap me. John Cena is the best. He's the best wrestler there is. Even though whenever one of them makes a movie, then they'll take the title. Um, I'm pretty, I'm just happy they're all working. <laughs> hey, me too. Go out there, watch Peacemaker. We'll be right back here tomorrow with Review Preview. Then we'll be here again next week. What with? Find out tomorrow. We'll reveal it then. Till then, stay nerdy, everybody. Bye. Stay nerdy. Bye. Bye.